So today we undertake the practice of nekama or renunciation. In this case, this means that we are undertaking the eight precepts uh, for either one day or a particular period of time, such as three to five days uh, for this retreat. And this is a, a practice that we take on in our hearts, which is something that will assist us in the development of peace of mind, which will assist us in our bhavana or mental development, which will give rise to more goodness and more beauty in our hearts. So the mind will think and proliferate on different things. And this is normal because we all have a lot of work and duties that we attend to in our daily lives in order to take care of our lives. And this uses the strength of our mind a lot in order to uh, do our work and attend to our duties. It reduces the strength of the mind a lot. So one must rest the mind just like one must rest the body on a regular basis, the mind must also have rest. And um, yeah, this having of many duties, using up the strength of the mind will mean that one has to rest the mind accordingly. So today taking on the practice of renunciation, this is like ordaining in one's heart, determining to do the eight precepts. And normally we should have the five precepts established and then taking on the eight precepts for this special period. One of the extra rules in the eight precepts will to not eat, will be not eating after 12 afternoon. And this will assist us in not being worried about food during the afternoon and the physical elements can get lighter which will make it easier for the mind to become collected and calm. And it also assists in the practice of being content with little and doing, getting by with little. So this will give rise to more samadhi and calm, which is good. And then we uh, recollect the practice of mindfulness and clear comprehension or sati and sampajanya. Sati here is the ability to recollect and sampajanya is a clear knowing. And these two things are of great use and great importance in our practice. So we practice mindfulness in, the, in our minds and we have, when we have a high level of mindfulness, this mindfulness takes care of the heart to overcome suffering. For instance, one has mindfulness to know that the mind is proliferating, that the mind is thinking here and there the mind goes after objects very quickly and one should know with mindfulness that this is happening. For instance, if the mind uh, becomes angry, then know this. If the mind is lost or deluded, then know this. If the mind is greedy, then know this. And this knowing, it won't stop the proliferation and it won't stop these, these moods and kilesas from arising because the delusion and thinking have a great strength, a lot of energy and force behind them that's um, more, more powerful than the knowing in this case. So one must have patient endurance 
from the start and practice this patient endurance with this phenomenon of the mind uh, behaving in this way. So do lots of mental cultivation, do lots of meditation and have mindfulness bring the mind back again and again after thinking and getting lost in thought. Have mindfulness to bring the mind back. So another phenomena that will arise is the phenomena of not liking thinking while meditating. So we'll be meditating and having uh, the mind get lost in thoughts and proliferating and then a quality of disliking will arise with regard to this experience. So one should have mindfulness to know that this is happening because this is another uh, instance of craving or tanha arising. So not wanting to uh, be proliferating or lost in thought, this is what we call vipawa tanha or the desire not to be or not to become. And then other times we may want to get lost in thought or lost in particular thought forms. And this wanting uh, for this experience is a bhavatanha or a craving to become, a craving to be. And at other times there'll be a kamatanha, desire for a sensual object, like a desire for uh, a thought or another type of experience of the other five senses. So these three types, we bhavatanha, bhavatanha, and kamatanha, these are the three types of craving that we understand as the cause of suffering. So letting go of the duties that we normally perform, now we have a special time to practice. And this is an act of homage to the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. And this, hom this paying of homage to the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha has great value and usefulness uh, for us. And as we do this practice and pay this homage, then peace arises in our hearts and freedom of heart um, can arise, which can overcome all the mental obstructions and mental defilements. And something that we've never experienced before can also arise. Because in the past, we only know the mind that has greed, hatred, and delusion. We don't know what it's like to have a free mind so this is something that would be a new new experience for us. So have mindfulness in the present moment, whether standing, sitting, walking, or lying down, have mindfulness. And one can use the mantra Bhutto uh, to repeat internally to assist with this practice of mindfulness. And this mindfulness is something we should have at all times, whatever posture we're in we're in or whatever activity we're doing. For instance, with uh, listening to the Dhamma, yeah, don't think uh, here or there, but you can use your breath, um, be mindful of your breath as you listen to the Dhamma talk or even recite Bhutto internally while listening. And this is what we call developing the mind while listening to Dhamma. If our parami is full while listening to Dhamma, then this is good and we can even see the Dhamma. For instance, in the time of the Buddha, there are many, many cases where an individual saw clearly into the truth of reality, saw clearly in the Dhamma while listening to a Dhamma discourse. 
And there are many examples of this. So with the practice of nekama, a renunciation, we practice uh, putting things down and not taking on things that are unnecessary. So we do uh, the practices of dana, generosity, and sila, or virtue, as usual. But the having the bhavana, the mental cultivation, having this constant in our lives, this is uh, hard to find, this is difficult. Whereas then the dana and sila, we may be able to practice regularly to be able to practice meditation and mental cultivation on a consistent basis uh, will be more difficult because of having lots of work and many duties to attend to. We practice this homage to the Buddha, Naman Sangha, we arouse mindfulness more and more. And this uh, mindfulness can help us to overcome the mental defilements, the kilesas. So looking more closely at the practice of uh, restraining one's speech, it's very useful to speak as little as possible in this three to five day period of practice. And people with responsibilities who need to speak, they, they can speak, but they should endeavor to speak quietly and speak only as much as necessary. So this practice of speaking little can assist us in knowing our own hearts, knowing what qualities are in our hearts. And this, uh, this will help to have more peacefulness in the mind, which will give rise to more samadhi, more collectedness. So firstly, have patient endurance. One can sit for a long period of time and uh, one will observe the painful sensations, the dukkha vedana that arises in the body. And if it becomes too much, then one can change their posture. So looking at the four foundations of mindfulness, these are the four foundations or the four frames of reference that we use in our mindfulness practice. The first foundation being that of the body, the second that of vedana or feeling, the third that of the mind, mind states, and the fourth that of dhammas. So sitting, standing, walking, lying down, coming or going, this is the foundation of mindfulness of the body. So know what your body's doing, have mindfulness with the body. And then when the mind is peaceful, then you can practice uh, clear seeing or vipassana to see that this body, it's not a self, not a me, not a mind. And this uh, vipassana can arise when we have a good level of mindfulness. So build mindfulness a lot, do a lot of chanting and repetition of bhuto. If the mind is busy and thinking a lot, um, one can chant a lot. And if the mind is tired and maybe too tired to do a long chant, then one can just do the repetition of bhuto. Or for monastics, some monastics will recite kesa, loma, danta, tacho, naka, which are five, uh, the recollection of five parts of the body, the head of the hair, head of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. 
So this is mainly five parts of the body out of the 32 types that are traditionally taught. And one can also just focus on one, one body part, such as just the nails or just the hair, or one can uh, simply repeat Bhutto Bhagavati, or again, if one is tired, one can just repeat Bhutto. And then if the mind gathers and collects in Samadhi, then all repetition of phrases may fade away and the mind will just be gathered at one point. So using this collected mind, one can see all material form as uh, impermanent, stressful, and not self, and all mentality or all non-material phenomena in the same way as anicca, dukkha, anatta. And this is using mindfulness and wisdom to know clearly that the material, materiality and mentality, it's not me, it's not mine. And this can reduce or cut off attachment, which um, will lead to seeing Nibbana, seeing freedom. So this Nibbana is something that's very cool. And this experience of no obstructions or no defilements in the heart, which will also mean there's no heat in the heart. So we do the practice of renunciation, keeping the eight precepts and practice having mindfulness with the breath. And this can lead to the experience of pity or rapture. And this is a food for the heart. It can lead to a feeling of fullness in the heart. Another practice is the practice of the four divine abidings, the four Brahmaviharas of metta, loving kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, sympathetic joy, and upeka or equanimity. So during this period of practice, one can determine not to be angry, not to be vengeful, not to harm others. And this uh, practice of cultivating loving kindness, one can practice to the extent of having loving kindness in the heart at all times. And even spreading this loving kindness over the entire world. As the Buddha taught, just like a mother loves her only child, so should one have a heart of loving kindness for all beings. So one can practice in this way. And again, speaking little, speaking only as much as necessary, and also contemplating if one's speech is breaking the uh, moral precept around speech. For instance, a uh, gossiping type of speech, a frivolous or unnecessary, speech or a false speech. We should look at our speech and see if we engage in any of these types of speech. And one should be very careful uh, with speech and endeavor to be restrained, just as one should endeavor to be restrained with uh, physical bodily actions. So one uses this patient endurance and restraint and this makes one a true Dhamma practitioner. And this, this uh, restraint, this is in terms of outer behavior, in terms of these precepts that we take on, and this we could call an outer purity. And what we really need is a, the inner purity, the purity of the heart. So we can start on the outside and then 
cultivate this inner purity as well. And we can even look at it in a, uh, using colors as an example. So we can see a putujna or a person with thick defilements. They're like the color red. And then uh, better than the color, this color red would be the color orange, which would be someone with, with more goodness, with lighter defilements. And then if one gets lost in greed, hatred, or delusion, then this brings one down to red again from the color orange. So we, we have these kilesas, these defilements, so we must be careful and restrain the mind and to whatever extent we can restrain the mind, to this extent the mind is beautiful. So we take this time that we have to practice mental cultivation, just like we may have studied various subjects in the world. Now we put our effort into mental cultivation, and this is uh, something that's very important in our lives. And similarly, uh, the aspect of practice of nekama, of renunciation. This is very important in our practice. So the more and more we practice and using this nekama to take on more sila and put down extraneous things, then the mind can be more peaceful. And we see that this body is not me, not mine, not a self. It's always changing and it's stressful. We see clearly the teachings of the Buddha, of Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta, just like Anya Kondanya, the first enlightened disciple of our Buddha. He saw that whatever is the nature to is of the nature to arise is of the nature to pass away. And this was um, this is him seeing the Dhamma as after the Buddha taught. So we can understand clearly, and this is the arising of wisdom. And just merely thinking about these things or knowing them intellectually, this is not enough to cut off the mental defilements, to cut off the kilesas. So we can think, yes, everything does arise and pass away, but until the mind uh, gathers together and has the strength to see clearly and directly, then just knowing this on the level of thought is not enough to give us freedom. And this practice is important, especially as we recollect that we all, we all must die one day. So practice to have loving kindness in the Brahma Viharas and all this practice that we're doing is of a, a very great merit. And as we're practicing, we can also recollect acts of generosity and morality um, that we have done or are doing and bring this up as a mood in the heart which will assist the mind in being peaceful. And as one practices on this path, as the kilesas, when the kilesas fall away, this is what we call Nibbana. And we can recollect our great teacher Nupucha as an example of a great practitioner who saw the truth. So may you all be sincere in this practice and be determined. Having these eight precepts now is a good opportunity to focus on the practice during the time that you're here. 
This will be of uh, great importance and value to us. So may you be sincere in your practice. May you practice wholeheartedly. May you all be well. May you all grow in Dhamma.